This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. My name is Mark and I'm an alcoholic. The purpose of this show is to increase public awareness of Alcoholics Anonymous as an effective means of recovery from the disease of alcoholism. Our show has two parts. First, we'll talk a bit about alcoholism, what it is and what AA can do to help. Then we'll interview a recovering alcoholic who is an active member of AA. I'm now going to ask our guests to read the AA preamble, which is read at the start of every AA meeting. Hi, my name's Maggie and I'm an alcoholic. The AA preamble. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength and hope with each other, that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organization, or institution. It does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. So what is alcoholism? Alcoholism is a disease, not a disgrace. There is no shame in having an illness or a disease. An unusual feature of this disease is that it will do whatever it can to convince you that you do not have it. However, once it has taken a hold of you, the progression of symptoms is like the chaotic classic disease model and the victim is as helpless as a sufferer of cancer. If you are an alcoholic, you are at the beginning of a long road that usually ends in one of three places, prisons, institutions or death. If you think this sounds dramatic, we can assure you that our collective experience has shown this to be true. The challenge is to convince the alcoholic to admit they need help and become willing to seek it. Denial is a major symptom of alcoholism. The alcoholic is often the last one to recognise it and admit that they have it. Our definition of alcoholism is that it is an allergy of the body coupled with the obsession of the mind. The allergy is the physical aspect of the disease. After having the first drink, the phenomenon of craving develops and we lose control of when we will stop drinking. The old saying is, one is too many and a thousand never enough. And yet, because of the obsession of the mind, the mental aspect of the disease, the alcoholic is compelled to keep picking up that first drink. This makes us powerless. We often hear from sober alcoholics that many doubted whether life could be fun without alcohol. Fortunately, those people report that their lives have improved dramatically since they became sober. The 12-step program of recovery, which is discussed at meetings and which is outlined in the Anonymous Big Book, is how we get sober and maintain our sobriety, one day at a time. This program has a proven track record of helping otherwise helpless alcoholics to achieve long-term sobriety and recovery. It has taught us how to enjoy life sober. Okay, for anyone who has just joined us, you're listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. We're 
We're just about to interview an AA member who's going to share their experience with alcoholism. So let's meet our guest. Would you like to introduce yourself and give us a quick sketch of who you are, age, how long you've been sober, occupation? Hi, my name is Maggie and I'm an alcoholic. Um, I'm 62 years old. I've been sober for 26 years. And I'm at present, I'm just working in the retail industry in Christchurch. And would you like to tell us about your family, whether you're married or have kids, and how your childhood was? I am married. Um, my husband is also a recovering alcoholic, and we have two young adult daughters. I'm born Italian, but I grew up in the United States and um, then moved back to Italy. So my childhood was one of disruption and a lot of changes, and I never felt that I really belonged anywhere because of these changes. So it was quite difficult for me to actually have a sense of belonging um, while I was growing up. So when did you start drinking, and how did, how did that progress? I started drinking when I was quite young because being Italian, obviously, um, you know, we had red wine everywhere, and Italian believe that giving their children a little bit of red wine helps them fortify their blood and grow stronger. So um, I probably started drinking or was given alcohol at a very young age, but I was a social drinker up until my mid-20s. I could drink or not drink, so that was always my choice. But late 20s, um, after a series of disappointments and breakups, I started drinking um, on my own. So I wasn't drinking socially. I started drinking when I was by myself because I wanted to forget what was going on in my life at the time. And it seemed to help for a little bit, for a short period of time. But not long after, I didn't have a choice any longer if I wanted to drink or not drink. I couldn't stop drinking. And um, that was the worst of anything else that could have happened to me, the breakups, relationship, the drinking and not being able to control it. Um, took me to a very dark place, um, tried to kill myself a couple of times, and that didn't work, obviously, because I'm still here talking. But um, it was really, really uh, a very dark place, and I was helpless. And just the compulsion to drink and not being able to control it was the worst for me. And um, did you uh, feel it was, when did you first feel it was a problem for you, and did you ever try to stop? I couldn't stop, Mark. That is the fact. Um, it progressed so quickly from using it as a tool to help with my discomfort to not being able to control it. It was so quick. It just happened, I could say, over a month's time. It was just so quick that I couldn't stop wanting the alcohol to, to live, really. Yeah. And what made you realize that you needed help? Like, did you lose jobs, have trouble with the law, um, et cetera, et cetera? No, the fact that I wanted to kill myself and tried to kill myself three times and not being able to um, be successful at it, um, you know, I just asked for God's help because where I was in Italy, there was no help for people um, in my situation. Alcoholics were seen as people just being locked up in mental institutions, so... There was no way I could go to the doctor and say, I have this problem. What can I do? I knew that for a fact. So. And can you describe like physical, mental and emotional decline in your well-being? And, um, and if you had a rock bottom, what that was like? 
Well, my rock bottom was that I wasn't able to function. I wasn't able to carry on with my um, teaching. I didn't want to be around people. I was just isolating more and more and um, just caught into this cycle of not wanting to drink but not being able to not drink. And that that was very intense. So, yeah, that was my rock bottom was just losing, um, isolating and not wanting to be around anyone. Can you tell us uh, where, how you found your, your way to your first AA meeting and what that was like? Okay, so I stopped drinking. Um, I asked for God's help. So I was in Italy and the desire to drink was lifted. So for a couple of years after that, I went back into my normal teaching and working and I was um, a lot more settled. I wouldn't say happy, but settled. Then we had this big thing, the internet come into this small town in the south of Italy and because I knew English I was asked to help um, setting up the ISP or internet service provider so I had the possibility to go online and um, research for my studies and that's when I came across um, about.com which was um, a big site in the states at the time and there was a page there about Alcoholics Anonymous. So I read everything that was on that website and it just blew my mind that day that there were other people that had the same experiences experiences that I had had. Um, The darkness of not being able to stop drinking, of not wanting to, but not being able to stop. So I read the whole site. Um, There were a few pages there. And I felt happy afterwards because I felt that I belonged. Even if I didn't know anyone, I knew that somebody had written that page. So after a few days, I went back onto that website, and I realized there was a little chat room at the bottom. I clicked on the chat room, and I just sat there quietly reading what other people were writing about their stories. And it was an open chat, so it was an open AA chat room. And that's where I realized that people were talking about their own experiences of how AA had helped them in their journey of recovery. After a few days, someone asked me to introduce myself because I was just in the background there, and I did. And I told them of my experience, of um, my struggles with alcohol, how I had stopped, but that knowing that there were other people out there was a lifesaver for me. And the next minute, people were sending me their big books, the little red book, the 12 and 12, and... You know, people were giving up their books that were precious to them because it was the books that had helped them in their recovery, and they just gave them freely to me. So I engaged in those AA chat rooms. So that was the first time that I um, was introduced to AA was in the chat rooms. Yeah. Halfway around the world. And um, how did AA members treat you? How did you feel? Uh, What were they like? So the AA um, fellowship was absolutely amazing. Like I said, they um, they gave me the literature because there was no literature online available at the time. And um, I did find an online sponsor. So she helped guide me through, let's say, not really help me work the steps, but guide me through understanding the steps. Then eventually I came to New Zealand. So this is a big part of my story. I came to New Zealand and actually made it to physical AA meetings, face-to-face meetings. When I shared my story, some people, one person in particular, 
said that because I hadn't stopped drinking thanks to AA, maybe I could go out there and be a social drinker, that I could, you know, pick up a drink and leave it. It was my choice. That was enough to stop me from going to any more AA meetings because I knew that I couldn't do that. I wasn't a social drinker, and I couldn't, uh, I couldn't have that thought in my head that I could go out there and drink. So I stopped going to meetings for a wee while. So this whole time, obviously, from when I stopped drinking to the last five years, I wasn't drinking, but boy, was I crazy. So I was just as mentally unwell while not drinking from when I was while I was drinking. I couldn't make um, sensible decisions. Everything was still caught up in my fear or um, anxiety. So my decisions weren't made on, you know, with level head thinking or it was just based on my behavior from when I was still drinking. Yeah. Mm. So to, um, about, talk about the process of recovery. How have you managed to stay sober? Um, how I managed to stay sober, even in the years of my craziness, is still a miracle. I have no understanding. I know I surrendered to some kind of God 26 years ago, and that was enough for me to stop drinking, to not wanting to drink any longer. But five years ago, um, obviously, my behavior had progressed to a point where it was similar to when I had been drinking. So I wasn't making very good decisions. I was caught up in fear to the point where, again, I wasn't feeling safe for myself. And that's when um, my other half took me to an AA meeting. So he said, you know, you need to do something. Let's try AA again. And this time, um, when I did go to my first AA meeting, I felt a bit more accepted. I did come across some people who were telling me who my sponsors should be. And again, being a rebel, and I think a lot of people can relate to that in recovery, being a rebel, I was not going to accept someone else telling me who my sponsor should be. So I backed away from meetings a little bit. But then I went to a very special meeting that will always have a, a special part in my heart and life. I went to the 12 and 12 Monday meeting at um, the Opawa St. Martin's at the time, St. Anne's Church. And there I met some people who have like 30 years recovery. And they said to me, they said, Maggie, we have no rules in AA. We only have suggestions. So no one can actually tell you what to do. You come along, you listen to what we say, and you ask for help if you need it. And we support you um, based on what you're asking we can support you in your recovery. So that was enough for me to keep on going to those meetings. And I kept on sharing my story, and a woman said she'd help me um, work the steps. So I think it was about after a month I started going to meetings. Um, this lovely woman helped me work the steps. When I got to my fourth step, that's when I stopped smoking as well. And I realized that my whole life had been run on fear. And when everything is run on fear, there's no chance that there'll be any peace or, um, or any ability to live your life to the best. Yeah, so that was a huge awakening for me, getting that fourth step done and realizing what had been the underlying issues for my disease to progress to the point that it had. 
Thanks, Maggie. Could you describe yourself, your life today, um, how you feel within yourself today? I'm a happy person today. Um, a lot has changed in my life in the last five years. Of uh, The first thing that I did when I started working those steps and then finishing the steps was to be of service in the program. So initially it was just washing the cups of coffee after the meetings, but then... Um, because it was a very small meeting, I took up the role of secretary because the other secretary moved away from Christchurch. So being secretary for the Wednesday 12 and 12 for about three years and reading over and over again the steps and the traditions gave me a really good foundation to feel more at peace with myself, knowing that I did have the tools to live a better life. So now I do... Um, I do my daily meditations. I um, stay in touch with other people in recovery. But I can also bring my tools of recovery to my workplace. So when there's situations at work that can be a bit chaotic or um, uncomfortable, I find that the tools that we have here in AA help out there as well. So it's not just for myself and for my group of people in recovery, of my friends in recovery, but these tools can help other people as well. So that's what I'm doing today. And changes in your life in terms of career, jobs, relationships with family, and that, have they, how have they changed since you've been sober? Well, since I've been sober and actively involved in the fellowship, um, just happier. So my friends, I have a wider group of friends now, so people that are in recovery and people that aren't in recovery. I feel stronger now in saying that, you know, if I go out with friends that aren't in recovery, that I don't drink. I don't have to explain why, but I just don't and I feel okay I can go to you know events and um, pubs but I feel okay mm-hmm. and as described uh, AA is described as a spiritual program not a religious program what does spirituality mean to you spirituality means to me that um, there is something someone out there that helped me stop drinking I was brought up a Catholic, um, but when I did cry, when I was down on my knees, I cried out to something out there that could help me. So I have no idea who that something or someone was, but I know that there is something higher power. We can have our own higher power. For me, it was when I started going to AA, it was the AA group that was my higher power. When I go to an AA meeting, I feel spirituality in that room where people are honest and share so openly of their experiences and giving strength to other people. That's my spirituality is the AA groups and, yeah. Mm, thanks, Miggy. What would you suggest for any listeners who may have a drinking problem? Well, for any listeners that have a drinking problem, you know, and if you're listening to this, you're in a place where you can actually reach out and get help. I didn't have that opportunity back then, um, but now there's so much available. So do ring your 0800 um, Alcoholics Anonymous, try to get to a meeting and just be open-minded because like myself, you might come across people who think that they know more, but don't let that stop you from going to AA meetings. The only requirement for us is to say that we are an alcoholic, you know, and that we want to stop drinking. But I can say not only stop drinking, but living life to the best that we can live that life because the steps have helped me not to stop drinking, but to live my life today so I don't want to kill myself or end up in a mental institution or what have you. 
just to be at peace. So there is help out there. Just get it. What questions would you ask someone to help them decide whether they need help? Um, is the drinking controlling your life? If the drinking is controlling your life, you need to get help. And it's possible to stop, you know, even if you feel like you don't have hope or that you cannot stop, you can stop. Um, there's AA, there's other services out there. Just make that choice to get that help. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Miggy. And thank you so much for coming on the show. That's okay. And sharing your story. Thanks. For our listeners, if you're related, if you've related to anything that you've heard or would like some more information about Alcoholics Anonymous, you can look us up on the web at www.aa.org.nz or call us on 0800 AA Works. There are over 16 meetings a week in Canterbury, so it's likely there's one near you. Join us next week to hear from other AA members sharing their experiences. Our show is every Monday at 5.30pm on Plains FM and repeats on Wednesday at 12.30pm. You can also find podcasts of our past shows on the Plains FM website at plainsfm.org.nz or you can download, subscribe and listen to podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. That brings us to the end of the show. Thank you for listening and remember, if you want to drink, that's your business. But if you want to stop, we can help. You don't have to do it alone. We will now close the show with a serenity prayer as we do in every AA meeting. God, God grant, grant me the serenity, serenity to, to accept the things I cannot change, courage, courage to change the things I can, and the, and the wisdom, wisdom to know the difference. difference. You have been listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show on Plains FM 96.9. 